Imagine a safe place to have candid conversations about all things business as a confident Christian woman coach and CEO. Imagine a safe place to share, connect, grow, build as you unlock what's inside you. A confident Christian woman coach and CEO to clarify your specific mission, message, mandate, mantle to market. Imagine a safe place to learn how to develop a business blueprint, lay a firm foundation with business structure, policies, procedures, service, and product development that builds the business framework and construction. Welcome to Confident Woman Incubator Podcast. I am your host, Coach Doreen Letsom Reed, certified business coach to confident Christian women coaches. Confident Woman Incubator Podcast is a platform for you, Christian women coaches that desire a safe place to unlock what's inside you, to develop a business blueprint, gain clarity of their specific mission, message, mandate, mantle to market. Lay a firm foundation with business structure, policies, procedures, service, product development that builds the business framework and construction to overcome fear, shatter misconceptions, increase confidence and profit by faith in all things business. Welcome to Confident Woman Incubator Podcast. Join us each week for these candid conversations to unlock what's inside you in all things business. Well, good afternoon, good evening, good morning from all parts of the world. We welcome you to Confident Woman Incubator Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Doreen Letsom Reed, and we are here right here with you today to share, connect, and grow and give you some keys to unlock what's inside you. Confident Christian women in business, confident Christian women coaches, you're going to get those keys to unlock what's inside you in all things business. And we are just so delighted to just announce our new anthology for 2023, Winner by Knockout. This is an amazing opportunity to not just become a co-author, but also an opportunity for you to become a certified business coach, certified life coach while you're building your business and brand in only 90 days, as well as becoming a conference speaker and becoming international all in one moment in time through all things business builder university, where I am the founder and where confident Christian women come to build kingdom businesses. So we are just so excited about this particular project. We are just doing amazing things. And we have some guests here today that is just going to present to you what it's going to take to be a winner by knockout. And let me just show you the cover while I am just going to just blow your mind right here with our amazing cover. Look at this. Isn't this beautiful? 
calling authors, speakers, coaches, winner by knockout, anthology, conference, and coaching certification. So not only are you telling and sharing your story, you get the opportunity to tell his story because it's all for the fame of him. And what we're doing is knocking out the forces of darkness to advance the kingdom of God in all things business. And we want you to be a part. But first, we're going to bring out our guests to just talk about what does it take to become a winner by knockout and i have none other than eric the great here with me mm -hmm. i tell you you can't get no greater than a green beret yes ladies i didn't come to play i went and got the best literally of the best and then i have here bishop joseph edge with me and Miss Edge and I have been kicking it for a while. I know he's an elite warrior. He's been knocking out darkness for a very long time in the public school system, right in the trenches where everything is going on from generation to generation. And now, not only that, God has elevated him to pastor, to be a bishop over churches. So we know that he's an elite warrior when he, we know he's literally knocking out the forces of darkness one breath at a time to advance God's kingdom. So ladies, I didn't come to play. I brought you the best of the best to really unlock what's inside you and learn how to become a winner by knockout. So welcome, gentlemen, to Confident Woman Incubator Podcast. And I love hearing from the gentleman's perspective. So, you know, Eric, we want to start with you. Just first tell us a little bit about who you are. And my God, just saying the word Green Beret is mind-blowing. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. <laughs> uh, hey, how y'all doing? Um, well, my name's uh, Eric Jones. Um, uh, I just turned 29 um, years old two weeks ago um from birmingham alabama i'm currently in uh, louisville kentucky um i did eight years in the military i got out two years ago i got medically retired but um also uh own a podcast i've been doing that for two years um it just started to take off uh last year while i interview uh uh platinum selling artists business owners um, up and coming artists or or anybody that want to have a conversation authors um athletes and um i also uh used to do security for uh big time celebrities too in the, in the past but uh, i've been focusing more on the podcast now recently and um i've been in louisville for going on three years I, I moved here when i uh got out the military and i just been doing a podcast thing here and uh just going to work things like that well this is an amazing this is going to be an amazing conversation bishop edge i tell you what thank you so much for once again being here uh i want to just welcome you to confident woman incubator podcast and i want you just to tell everyone exactly who you are and what you be doing now we know it's a list of things that you're doing because you were very i tell you he's a winner by knockout we can i'm telling you this man didn't come to play as i said we worked together in the trenches for a while and so yeah he didn't come to play either so just welcome uh, to the podcast bishop edge go ahead and tell everyone what you do and how you support the kingdom well um 
first of all, I, I love God. Um, I love his word. I love his people. I love his presence. And uh, those are the keys to success. Love God, love his word, and love his presence. Um, by profession, um, um, Brother Eric is a, a Green Beret. Uh, I consider myself as a paratrooper because, you know, paratroopers, they have to jump and they don't know where they're going to land. So every day I jump, supposedly going to teach third grade, but I don't know what's going to pop off. Um, so, really? <laughs> so uh, by 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 trade, uh, I'm an elementary education teacher. I teach math and science um, to, to a bunch of third graders. Um, uh, um, I'm I'm married. Um, I have two daughters. One is actually in the military station at Fort Drum, New York, and uh, my youngest is seven years of age and she's in the second grade um i've been married 22 years this june will be 23 years um um in 2008 the lord gave us a word around may of 2008 and told us we had to come to jacksonville and um, i obeyed that word came in august of 2008 and have been here um we planted a work um, that December of 2008 and we are in January 2023 and we're still going strong um, that moved from one church to covering um, I think I'm responsible I have maybe eight churches that I'm, I'm responsible for at the moment um, and then I you know I'm constantly getting calls so that number is constantly growing. And so um, here we are and we, we just doing what we do to trying to, to help advance the kingdom of God. Um, kingdoms of this yeah. world have become the kingdoms of our God and of his Christ. All right, go ahead. Now, Mr. Edge, to me, you go always be Mr. Edge. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yes, That's just how y'all, Mr. Edge, Miss Alice, Miss 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 Murray, y'all in my heart. So I'm still here, uh, clinging to good people because it's hard to find good people. That's the and Miss Edge, I think you said we've been knowing each other. All well, all of us have been connected about 15 years. So you know, you hold on to God. You know, Jesus said, "Who was that that touched my garment?" That woman did not let go. Like. Give me this power because I ain't letting go, right? So here I am, Dr. Doreen, which I wasn't when they first met me. I'm still holding on to the garment saying, can I just get a little bit of this power, right? (laughs) Because, you know, when you are in the trenches as you and I have served and, you know, Eric, the landmines, I don't even can't even imagine what was that like as a soldier, you know, we have the landmines of the, listen, public school system is no joke. And for you, Mr. Edge, to go from middle school down to third grade, I got to hear about that. That's got to be God because that's, you know, yeah, that was not what he does. <laughs> and and Eric, for you, how, what, how did you become a green, I mean, just saying those words out of my mouth to you is such an honor to be in the presence of greatness how did that even come about? Well, uh, when I initially joined the military, I came in as a uh, 42 Alpha, a human resource, uh, S1 person. 
to update people paperwork and things. And then uh, as I met some of my friends in my first duty station, when I got the uh, Fort Campbell, you know, start competing with each other in PT and stuff like that. And I just was saying, I'm like, you know, uh, the regular army just came too easy for me. Like I was making 300s on a PT test and I was running five minute miles. So it was like, I like it was, I just wanted to challenge myself. So the, uh, the, the SF people was going around post trying to recruit people to try out for selection. They came to our unit one day and they had the qualifications. You know, you had to have a certain GT score on your ASVAB and things like that. I already had all this stuff. So I was like, um, I had talked to the staff sergeant. I was, um, I was a PFC at the time. I was a private. And I was like, you know, I wanted to try out. So uh, me and two of my buddies, we tried out for it. So there's a couple, a couple, a lot of people in our unit tried out for it, but only three of them um, that I knew personally that I hung out with outside of work. But um, a lot of them, we was the only three people that made it, me and two of my buddies. One of my buddies didn't make it, but, you know, it's all good. But um, we basically go through a three, four-week selection process where they – it's basically like another basic training, but it's times 10, you know, they breaking it breaking you down and um after, after you pass that then you got to go to school for for like two years and you know get all these different qualifications and stuff like that but i know um me personally i just wanted I always been like a uh a perfectionist like if i want to be in something i ain't, I ain't want to be average you know and then plus joining the military you know, you always have to keep in mind that you got a chance of going overseas so and fighting in a war. So my whole mindset was that, you know, once I didn't decide to go to college and play sports and I joined the military, I was like, well, if this has to happen one day as far as me going to Afghanistan or something like that, I don't want to just be an average soldier. And I'm not knocking, you know, anybody that's doing that, but Personally, I wanted to have as the most the, as many skill sets as possible. You know what I'm saying? If I was able to challenge myself physically to attain all those skills, as far as you know, going to aerosol school, jumping out of planes, ranger, all that good stuff, then you know that's what I wanted to do. And um, so when the situation came came about, you know. I had the utmost confidence to know that I had everything that I needed to have if I got in certain situations. So that was the main reason why I did it. But, you know, um, I like, um, you know, um, I used to, I used to um, regret like a lot of stuff about the military, but, you know, uh, as I started to, you know, get a relationship with God and started to go down the spiritual path, you know, I became more peace at stuff that I had had to do in the military. So, Wow. Mr. Edge, when you hear Eric's story, it's some highlights, even when you were talking about the three keys to success, love God, love his word, love his presence. And when I'm hearing Eric's story, he was like, I've made a decision to challenge myself average is not good enough for you know for him wasn't good enough for him 
when you hear those keys to, you know, of success, uh, what do you think about that? And then he's saying, you know, he did the Rangers, not just, you know, all these different levels of the elite warrior to, to win by knockout. What would you like to say in response to his story? Well, uh, I would love to say that um, anyone that is committed to succeeding in life, um, they know that once they embark upon that trick, it's almost like a, a call that calls for more, you know, and um, the scripture teaches us in the book of Proverbs, it says that the path of the just is as the shining light which shineth more and more to the perfect day. Um, sometimes it's not evident or even clear at first um, of what it is that we want to do, want to be, want to become. However, but once we start, you know, uh, Brother Eric was like, you know, they had to go through basic training. And then once basic training complete AIT, and then he gets his duty station at Fort Campbell, he realized, you know, I just don't want this. You know, there, there's there's an appetite for more. And when there is an appetite for more, uh, my brothers, my sisters who are watching this, there is nothing that can stop you because it's, it's almost like you become a bullet train. You you become unstoppable. And anything that gets in the way, clunk, clunk, you're going to run right on over it. And so, um, but that is because oftentimes when we set out to do that thing, we don't necessarily know what it is, but then when we get that appetite, it is that path of the just is as the shining light. It's almost like when the train goes through that dark tunnel, all you see is darkness on this side. But however, as you press and keep moving forward, the closer you get to coming out on the other side, the closer that light or, or the larger that, that, that beam of light becomes, the closer you, you get to it. And oftentimes, that's how it is with life and the purpose of God. It doesn't make sense at first, but we obey God. We step out on that word. And as we step out on our word, I don't have a clue. I'm clueless as to what I'm doing. But just like Peter, he stepped out on the boat, stepped out of the boat and stepped on that word and kept walking to Jesus. He didn't even realize he was walking on water until he got close enough to Jesus. And the Bible said when he saw the wind boisterous, he saw the water. Bible said he began to sink, but he made the cry, Lord, save me. But by, by that time, he had gotten close enough to Jesus that Jesus was able to reach out and grab him. You know, he didn't even realize the strides that he made to get to Jesus. Um, oftentimes, when we step out in obedience, we don't realize how far we have gone until we realize how long we've been in it. And then it's like, oh, my God, I'm really here. You know, that that light has become bigger. That light has become more evident. And then it is there oftentimes that we can then make some more precision judgments and be more selective as to what it is that we want to become and what it is that we we would like to do in life. You know, it's almost like and I don't I don't know, you know, how far am I supposed to go in this? But um, um, in, in, in the Gospel of Mark. Uh, I want to say it's chapter five. The Bible said that after Jesus has spoken to the wind in chapter four and, and spoke to the waves, the Bible said he had those fellows all around him, his disciples, 
And they didn't really know who he was because they said, what man man is this that even the winds and the sea obey him? But then Jesus says, I have a need to go through the gatherings. Even though we're going on the other side, he said, I need to go to the gatherings. He gets to the gatherings in Gadara and meets a demon-possessed man. The whole sole purpose is not for the demon-possessed man, but you have to keep reading the text to understand what's coming next in chapter six. He meets a man that's been possessed with demons, that dealt isolation issues, that dealt with the tombs, pain. They bind, they bound him with chains, and he often broke them, and that was a, a sign of demon possession. However, the Bible said when he encounters Jesus, there's a dis, there's a dialogue that goes on, there's a discourse that goes on, and ultimately he gets delivered. But do we understand? Oftentimes, when we experience deliverance, deliverance is not the stop sign. That's the starting point. And we can master deliverance, but oftentimes we fail at the next step, which is development. Woo! That's and, hot. And, and now, I got you because you that is such a good point. A lot of us are trying to get to deliverance. And when we get to deliverance, we stop because we fail to understand that's the key to unlock the development on the inside of you. And I think that's what Eric was saying. Eric was saying, okay, I took the road to military instead of basketball, which he could have been a college student. But for yes. whatever reason, God directed him in this military aspect. And I think what Eric was saying was, okay, well, I started somewhere. And that's another key to this point. As confident Christian women listening to this from a gentleman's perspective, this perspective is the same. We all have to start somewhere. You have to start somewhere because you never know where that one door is going to unlock to another door. And through these doors, you got to continue to develop. And so that's what I'm hearing Eric did. He did well in all these other tests. And he was like, okay, this is just too easy. I can't stay here. I've got to keep developing. I've got to keep moving. And so a lot of times we're just focused on the deliverance from this problem and that problem and these different problems. And that is not the stopping point to win by knockout. We have to develop. And as you develop, that's how you get your increase. That's how you show your faithfulness. And that's what I believe God is looking for. He's looking for the faithfulness in the midst of the in the midst of the development, in the midst of your deliverance. He's wanting to go. You it wants to determine if you're dependable. So those are like the three D's. He wants to determine if you're dependable, if he can trust you with higher levels. And apparently, Eric, you were entrusted with one of the highest level there is in our country as a green beret as a ranger i don't even know what rangers do uh but we know that it's of the elite of the elite so eric when you're hearing all of these comparisons and you all have another comparison did you catch that mr edge both of y'all were in you're in hr and he was in hr when he first went into the military did y'all catch that connection so what, you know, let's wow. just wrap all of this. This is really, really good. The different keys that y'all are bringing out. This is what I'm getting from the conversation. Eric is teaching me a lot because he says, I'm not going to be average. 
you know, no disrespect to those that are serving in that capacity. But for him, he had to identify and clarify his specific mission, his message, his mandate, the mantle on his life to get to market. If he did not go through that, do you think he would be talking to platinum artists right now? No. Come on now, y'all getting this? If if Mr. Edge, if you didn't come to Marlboro County, the one of the poorest, I, you can give the statistics because that's what you do. I don't do that, but you do that. The one of the poorest counties there is in South Carolina. Eric, there was literally a waiting list to be expelled. Literally. Mr. Edge and other sixth grade teachers that I mentioned, we work together to dissolve the powers of darkness. It was mind blowing what God did in that school. We witnessed it in our with our own eyes. He took a few believers that are now still connected. Glory be to God to change generation after generation after generation. And if you think that we got to this point without being faithful back there when no one didn't know our name and we didn't have no credentials and we didn't know if we was coming or going because that school was crazy. You think that if we didn't get developed in the trenches, God wouldn't be able to trust us with now. We have to be developed in the place of obscurity to be proven faithful in the now. Are y'all getting this stuff? We're talking about being a winner by knockout. Eric, I tell you, this hey. conversation is crazy. I'm just Woo! This is just fat. And one thing, one thing I like to say too, uh, before we get off here, is like uh, one thing that's in common, and one thing that I always ran into in my life is that you know I always had people around me, like whether it's social gatherings and stuff like that, but I always been the eyeball somehow, like whether you know not fitting in or my mindset not of being like i could be cool with somebody but i know my mindset is not the same as his and i know i can't hang out with him every day or be around him on a consistent basis and one thing that i've learned since i've gotten older is that you know last year um especially when i went through the roughest part of my life in 2020 after my divorce and stuff like that and um in 2021 in november i just said uh i basically went on a hibernation i went from november of 2021 all the way to may of 2022 and then nobody hear from me like i basically just shut myself off and just focused on the um the podcast i stopped going i stopped going out i stopped doing all the extracurricular stuff and one thing um that's in common about it. even uh, you, uh, Mr. Ed, being a um, pastor and um, you, uh, Miss Reed, as far as uh, what you got going on, is that um, everybody has to be comfortable at some point in their life with being able to just push forward and being, a, being alone. Because, like, if you want to accomplish something that really means something or stand for something at some point you're going to have to break away from people and become tunnel vision no matter 
any distractions or anything. You can't really care what people say. You know, I had people blowing my phone up, be like, oh, well, let's go do this or let's go do that. They'd be like, oh, I'll be like, nah, I got to go do this. I got to put money into this or do a podcast episode. Everybody's like, oh, why he's doing that? Why he's doing that? Now, you know, I see people. Now I go to a gathering or something, and the same people, you know, that even I know don't really have positive things to say about me, but they don't have no choice but to respect what I got going on because I knew how to basically become tunnel vision and just shut everybody off. Because when when you uh, have a real goal or a real purpose, just like, like many stories in the Bible, at some point, they had to cut off the distractions. Whether you're talking about anybody that did something that's that's has a great magnitude, everybody has to shut shut off distractions and just focus on what's the what's the what's the end goal. And that's uh, one thing I learned as I got older. You know, I know how to just shut people off. It could be my best friend, or I got like real relationship with military buddies. Or anything like if I'm focused on something and if they saying stuff that I don't agree with, I ain't got a problem with disconnecting myself because I know and even with the podcast, like, you know, I started this randomly. It was just something I just say, oh, I'm gonna just start a podcast because the pandemic happened. It ain't something that I was just don't think that I'll be doing two years from now because I don't even like talking like that. You know what I'm saying? If you actually if you ask my mom and then my mom, like I barely talk. You know what I'm saying? I rarely talk. Like I get around family gatherings. I stay to myself. I only talk when spoken to. You know what I'm saying? So it's um and you know as I started doing it, ministers I run into, you know when I met them on Clubhouse or in person, you know they started prophesying things to me that was coming to pass. So that's how I knew. I was I was like, well, I got to be doing something right because you know I'm doing this. And then they saying this is going to happen, and then it happens. Like, you know, like one minister I met, he was saying, he told me like three months before it happened, he was like, hey, you're going to start talking to famous people and all these famous people going to start connecting with you and things like that. A month later, I wrote uh, an artist that I um, they got me to a dark time in Afghanistan. I used to listen to a lot of his music. And I end up interviewing him a month later. And then two months later, I end up interviewing another big time artist that I grew up listening to. So I just um, think a lot of people be caught up in what's going on around us. We got a lot of distractions with the social media and just stuff that we have going on in our everyday lives. And um, we just have to, we just have to realize, you know, you know, you came in this world by yourself, you're going to leave by yourself. And you shouldn't really care. And it could be your best friend. You shouldn't really care what nobody say or what nobody think about you. If you want to if you want to go achieve something and it ain't, if they ain't rocking with it, if you want to be a pastor, you want to be a big, and if they ain't agreeing with it, you know, if it's if it's really something mean and good and, and it's for a good cause, you know, God going to remove them out your life. You know, that's something that I've seen happen to me recently, like people, you know, I show love to and been genuine to and things like that. I see them slowly 
removing themselves out of my life. You know, I ain't even got to do it. You know what I'm saying? Because I'm focused on what I got going on or, you know, things like that. So that was just, that was uh, basically just what I was trying to say. Yeah, this is so powerful. Um, this is, I, I, I'm just speechless. Uh, when I'm hearing these stories, it's just amazing. And, you know, Eric hit on the another, another D, distractions. You can't develop if you're distracted. You know, when you and I worked together, all of us came together, even Miss Grooms. It was so many people. It was countless people because Miss Grooms used to call out the announcement announcement. And she was the one keeping up with me with the random acts of kindness. And we were all focused. There was a lot of distractions. We had a lot of um, disclaimers, people that didn't um, wanted to, you know, uh, destroy us, but they couldn't. And so, you know, your final words on this, Miss um, Edge, I tell you, this is so powerful. You know, um, you know, as I you know reflect on what Dr. Rita said and, and Brother Jones, you know, I never forget when I had come to Marlboro County Schools, you know, I had come out of government um, management, you know, management from, you know, for the government. And, um, you know, the random acts of kindness, you know, when I heard that, it was foreign to me because it was a different language. You know, here we are having to encourage children to do the right things. And, and you know, a lot of times we just think that right things just come out of us, but right things just don't come out of us. You have to be trained to do right. You have to be instilled to do what is right. And, you know, um, I had to learn the language of education for, for students. You know, I had spent my life almost 10 years in the government sector um, managing two counties uh, um, and I knew black and white. I knew the law that was cut and dry. That was black and white, no gray areas. Um, however, when I dealt with people on a day-to-day -day basis in that, there, there had to be an empathy. You know, there, there had to be um, um, sympathy to, towards what they were going through because I served dislocated workers, people who had lost their jobs. Um, and then labor market statistics and knowing unemployment budgets. I, I managed a program that was, I think, $77 million at the time um, annually. Um, and, you know, and having leave that, come to the education sector, and then listen to Brother Jones. Now, this is where he blessed me. He says, for the most part, he said after he survived his divorce, he had gone into a dark place. And a lot of times people look at where we are today, but they never know what we had to encounter to be where we are at the present moment. And he said it was out of that dark place, some people that ministered to him, in essence, you know, he said he listened to the music, it ministered to him, it helped him through that dark period. And um, he reached out to them, he took a chance. That was faith stepping out. And, and let me tell somebody that may be looking at this, you know, just by having thoughts in your mind and good intentions in your mind, but you don't have a plan written down, you're defeating the purpose. It's not a plan until it's written down. Um, it's not a vision until you write it and people can see it and they can pick it up and run with it. Now, this brother, 
He took that vision from a dark place. He survived trauma. He survived the divorce. But do you not understand that the prophet Isaiah in 48 and 10 says, I have chosen thee. You know, I have I have refined thee uh, and I refined thee like silver. But this is what he said. I've chosen thee out of the furnace of affliction. I think everybody that's doing anything for God or doing anything in life that's significant, we need to make the disclaimer. And the disclaimer should sound something like this. I suffered to be where I am, but I survived the suffering. You know, and as, as we understand that we are survivors, that's a knockout punch to enemies of our purpose. That's a knockout punch to enemies that confront us mentally. And uh, we have to have that precision focus to keep moving forward. Dark seasons are going to come. Hard times are going to come. But you can't give up just because they show up. You have to keep moving forward. I never forget, and I close with this. Uh, as a little child, we used to travel to Florida, and my mother was terrified, and my daddy would put her behind the wheel, and he told her, she said, no, Joseph, it's raining, and I can't see the road. He said, don't look at the distance. He says, look at the lines on the road. Even though you can't see far, if you pay attention to the lines, you will be all right. Slow down. And he said, but whatever you do, don't stop. You keep driving. He said, because eventually you're going to drive out of this storm. Eventually you're going to drive out of this obscure place. That's what brother Eric did. That's what uh, Dr. Reed did. That's what I did. You know, we had, we had to, we had to uh, deal with life with the hand we were dealt. However, we kept dealing and we kept moving. And even though the, the change may seem as if it was very insignificant, but to somebody, it changed someone's life. And these are the things that serves as an encouragement, that serves as an impetus, that serves as a motivation to keep moving, even when yeah. everything around you is there to stop. And also, and also, you know, just imagine, you know, uh, this is the last thing I'm going to say, like, uh, just imagine, you know, for uh, anybody that listened to this, you know, anybody early 20s or, you know, about to embark on a career or anything like that is, you know, um, uh, what you said about the cars you was dealt. So, you know, these are the cars I was dealt just in a short thing, you know, staying house to house, you know what I'm saying? While I was a child, last year of high school, no adult supervision. So I had to stay disciplined enough to graduate high school, my senior year of high school, because I had no adult supervision. Then, you know, I ran across my dad, stayed with him till I joined the military, you know. Also, you know, going through ups and downs in the military, where I come from, you know, the politics of the military, you know, or, uh, you know, when I went through a divorce, and lost everything, lost 30,000 in six months, car got repossessed. Got when I retired out the military, basically, basically had nothing, had to start over again. The only thing I had to look forward to, I was like, well, you know, I'm out the military, I know I got a check for the rest of my life, but as far as everything I had work to save up for, 
you know, even I was looking out for my ex-wife at the time while he was going through the divorce, you know, I still got the short end of the stick because she was being, you know, spiteful, you know, it is what it is. I don't, you know, hold no grudge or anything like that. But I was just like, you know, that's why I tell people all the time, like, you know, um, all the stuff that I went through, you know, when I first got out of the military, you know, going and going three months without no transportation, you know, um, not being able to go to a grocery store, you know, just simple stuff, you know what I'm saying? So uh, when I reflect back on things like that, you know, and that's uh, one of the reasons I uh, wanted to write a book because, you know, uh, always um, the underdog always reflect with me in life. Like, you know, it's always good when a person, anybody can perform good. If somebody say, hey, I give you a stable house home, you're going to get the, all three meals every day. You ain't got to worry about hearing gunshots at your mom's house. You ain't got to worry about being on food stamps or anything like that. You know, anybody can function in an environment like that. But, you know, anybody, you know, that grew up and things like that and, and uh, you know, a good households and then, you know, when they become adults and then the parents start to pull that leash back a little bit and they hit a little adversity, that's when you see people's true character when they hit a little adversity, when you be like, oh, you like whether and some adversity might be you know more screen than others whether that be oh i might not be able to pay my light bill this month or you know i got fired from a job or anything like that so um you know everything i went through the military and just life in general just uh drew me uh closer to god and you know build a relationship and um I got um I received I had got rebaptized in March of this of twenty twenty two and received the Holy Ghost um like a couple of weeks later after that. But I um I just um I'm just a realist, you know, I don't like the sugarcoat things or nothing like that. I just try to be as relatable as I can to people even, you know, um uh, whether I come across veterans or just regular people in uh, general, because I know everybody um, has similar stories that uh, or similar struggles that I had, you know, whether that be going house to house, living with auntie, living with uncle, because your mom trying to figure it out, or, you know, your dad being there and then dad disappearing or, you know, things like that. So I don't dealt with every possible thing you can think about, you know, whether that be eating Roman noodles for a couple of weeks straight as a kid or, you know, anything, you know, government assistance, staying in the worst project homes, men in the military, you know, that's why I tell anybody, like, I feel like just like how Korea is set up, I feel like every male in the U.S. should serve at least two years in the military. And I feel like the crime rate will go down because it teaches you discipline, it teaches you how to just be a responsible adult, whether they pay your bills on time, just just normal accountability that you should have as a human being. 
So that's a good perspective. Yeah, this is I'm gonna have to ask you guys to come back because um this is a lot to really unlock. And Eric, you just brought a point that made me start thinking, what is that like for an African American young man as a Green Beret? Because we don't see that. That's why when you tell your story, it's so touching to me. Because Mr. Edge, when is the last time you've seen an African American Green Beret? I, I mean, when have you seen an African American Ranger? Well, you see I, what you I do know one. I, I I've know, never seen the only one I know. I, well, now we know, you know, two and I know one. And so, yeah, that's crazy. And, you know, we're not young. <laughs> I'm not going to tell my age because I, I don't age. Right. I still look the same. I'm still 19. Right. I got four children and one is 31. But we, we don't we don't age. <laughs> but, you know, that's a different. You see what I'm saying, um, Mr. Edge? That's just another discussion in itself. Because when you are in the marketplace, which is corporate America, when you're in business and you don't see someone like you and they're doing trailblazing things, they're a leader intentionally trailblazing the way that Eric has. And he literally just turned 29. He's the same old age as my daughter. So what does even that look like? You see what I'm saying? And, you know, Mr. Edge, you touched on the same thing. You was um had this big amazing government job making all this money, and then God sends you to literally poverty. I don't know what that was, poverty times a hundred, and then He's telling you, um, I want you to teach these children that are in the sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, and they don't know how to read. They don't know their multiplication tables. They don't even know how to function with um. Can 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 we just please? just get along to the point that we don't have a wait list to be expelled. I mean, that in itself is a different conversation. Then he sends me because I asked him, I was working in a different county that literally did not appreciate or value what God wanted to do. So I asked him, could I be released? And I said, send me somewhere that I can make a difference. That was my heart. Uh, Fannie Mason did not know me from nowhere. Uh, God told, literally told me to call the school. Literally, he gave he he gave it to me in a dream. He said, "In the next morning, I want you to call the school, and I, they need help. I want you to go and make yourself available." That time we were doing pack testing. They had no monitors. They had no proctors. I went for the entire week for free. God has a way of using me for free. I served a whole year in another county for free, and that's how He bought my house. So I've learned that, yeah, literally that year I served literally for free. I did not get paid because the, I was under attack as usual. And um, they didn't like me, you know, all that. But I kept serving for free. God said, go. And the next year he bought my husband and I this house that we're li living in now. So we have a lot of things to unpack when you're talking about adversity, when you're talking about being a leader, intentionally trailblazing, when you're talking about being a winner by knockout, because we don't see African-American men with that type of commitment that Eric is talking about. And for you, uh, Miss Edge, you left a place of wealth, just like Moses, to go serve basically what we would consider slavery, because, you know, you, you, we we weren't making any money. I don't even know how we ate, but yeah, it was that bad. Um, so, and now you're going, you went to Florida 
at the same time I did in 2008. He released me in 2008. He released you in 2008. I think that's phenomenal, phenomenal right there to, and to do what I'm doing now. And, you know, you had to start a work from scratch there too. So it's just a lot to unpack. Would you gentlemen be, be willing to consider to continue to work with me, to help me? Um, I need help advancing the kingdom. You gentlemen are providing some perspectives that need to be discussed for those that are listening and connected on a global level because this is some serious stuff that we have to deal with to really get clear on how to advance the kingdom if we're not clear on how to do that then it's not going to be advanced what do you guys think uh yeah absolutely absolutely um and also uh mr ed i always looked at uh pastors as being like the ultimate um like um position as far as like um when you when you look at all aspects of life because um you probably can speak about it more than me but just for me the outside looking in i feel like you know um when i go back to what i was saying about the tunnel vision i feel like that's the ultimate tunnel vision profession because sometimes you even have to you know depending what's going on and what god is uh, asking you to do you even have to shut off your own family sometimes as far as like your immediate family whether that be your spouse or kids or whatever to embark on a mission that god is putting out for you and for the uh people in your church so I always have the uh, ultimate respect for uh pastors because you know you have to really have a real spearhead type of thinking and really be real disciplined to to be able to navigate whether that be shutting people off or being able to you know multitask and things like that yeah that's a really good point so it's a lot of leadership skills here and leadership development here to really unpack but gentlemen, I want everyone to just know we're going to follow up with our clubhouse on tonight from 7.30 to 8.30, Confident Woman Incubator Clubhouse. Please follow me at Doreen.L. Reed. We're going to have some fun. We're going to have our phenomenal, it's, it's time for fresh oil for our businesses. So come into the clubhouse. Let's get these more keys to unlock what's inside you from a different perspective. We'll have our panelists of top influencer women in business. And so just come to the Comfortable Woman Incubator Clubhouse tonight from 7.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. And we will see you soon. Gentlemen, I'm so glad that I connected you guys. Y'all stay connected. Uh, Miss Edge, I highly recommend that you stay connected to Eric. It, it, apparently, God has y'all with all these similarities for a reason. And um, I'm, I'm always going to be connected. So I, <laughs> you can't get rid of me. <laughs> I'm here. Absolutely. Uh, we're going to go ahead and sign off. Y'all have a great week. And y'all know what to do. Drop it in the, in the comment. Hashtag the confident woman. We'll see you next week.